Support the Dungeon Masters Dojo by heading over to Apple Podcasts and Podchaser and leave a review. Take the time to leave a comment as well. This helps make us more searchable to those listeners interested in content such as ours. But more importantly, we want to know how we are doing and what topics you would like to hear about. Another way you can support the DMD is by buying the DMD a beer so we can continue to deliver quality content to you, our listeners. This also helps us upgrade and replace equipment. Head over to buymeacoffee.com forward slash the DMD and buy us a beer or three or five. Don't forget to say something nice or mean. We don't care. You're buying us a beer. Now on to this week's episode. Scott. Scott. What? Get my nails done. Uh, why the hell is there a giant, big-ass shipping container in the driveway? Oh, we adopted a pet. I sent Lou out to feed him. A pet? What kind of pet? It's Draconic Options this week on the Dungeon Master's Dojo. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Dungeon Master's Dojo podcast. This is a show for game masters and players alike. We hope to bring you tips and tricks to elevate your game and develop the art of dungeon mastery. I'm your host, Louis Zapante, and these are your Dungeon Masters, Scott Labby and Bill Robitaille. Let's head to the dojo and see what they have in store for us today. That wasn't nice. <laughs> well, I guess I'm going to have to pay for that giant uh, dump truck full of dragon kibble. Yeah, I smell burning hair. <laughs> Finally, he's going to start looking like us. <laughs> that funny. Draconic options. Yes, from Unearthed Arcana. I'm pre- I'm pretty excited about this. I I like these. I I like these. I do. I, I like that it's uh it's just adding more layers to um your ability to select races for your uh your your classes. Something beyond just um the uh, dragonborn well, have you guys ever played Dragonborns? I, I don't recall you guys playing Dragonborns. Um, I don't know how much you guys really delved into it. Very little, because every time I considered it, there was always there's already a person or two at the table that you know jumped right on it. Uh, Sin being one of them, he seems to love this class. Oh, he's gonna love it even more now with these options. Oh, yeah, yeah. he's gonna be he's gonna be all all over it. Although I am now considering playing a Cobalt. Oh yeah, I have played. Oh, I have yeah. played Cobalts. Um, oh, so I have in the past, but I, I read through. I was like, "Oh, nice, that, a nice reworking of the Dragonborn and the Cobalt." Yes. Yeah. When? Um, when did Cobalts become like Dragon Folk? Um, in five E six years ago. So that was that, that was. Uh, <laughs> I was I was wondering Ta-da. like all of a sudden they went from little dog people yep. to now they're now they're reptiles. That's um that's that's a, that's a rewrite. A that's a rewrite. Yeah, that's a big 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 retconning of uh of those little critters. I I don't mind them 
being like dragon folk. I th- I think it probably fits um, a little better than little dog people. Um, even Agreed. Though, Agreed. Even though I would uh, I would consider carrying a cobalt around in a uh, European man purse. Uh, while I do shopping at Home Depot and the you mean your pocketbook? What, what what's that? That's my teacup cobalt. <laughs> <laughs> Why is it bald? I shaved him. It's a mini me. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> I have played. Uh, I have played um, half dragons in Council of Worms, which I did. I enjoy remember that, that one. Yeah, that mm. you say that game, it, just, yeah. it took me a minute. Council of Worms. I was like, ah, oh, that was a long time ago. Yeah. W-Y-R-M-S, not the kind that you fish with. <laughs> Depends on what the, you're fishing the, for. The, <laughs> the kind you keep in shipping containers. <laughs> if you're if you're using a uh, great worm as bait, then you don't want to catch whatever it is you're trying to catch. Thank you for blocking in my vehicle that way, by the way. Well, sorry. Well, you get to Ooh. clean up the poop now. I was going to say, <laughs> Who who's gonna house train it, and who's gonna you are who's gonna don't, well yeah I am grumpy enough to train it, but um, I'm not picking up the poop in the backyard. We got a Kubota on the way. <laughs> I hope so to pick it up, um, and a pair of farmer jeans for Lou, so he looks the part while he's riding around in the Kubota with camouflage Crocs and a straw hat, a, a big one to keep the sun off you. I can work that, so you don't get any melanoma. At our age, it could be fatal. At our age, anything could be fatal. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> Walking out the front door could be fatal. Well, speaking of fatal, <clears throat> let's move on to some of these Dragonborn, shall we? Yeah, I'm I'm pretty excited to, to dig into it. Well, it started off. Well, uh, Chromatic Dragonborn. Right, so these are Dragonborn with chromatic ancestry and uh, claim the raw elemental power of the chromatic dragons. So they come in black, blue, green, red, and white. And um, their their skin kind of gleams with the energy of their breath weapons. So I see this very much so like a, a more maybe diffused... Uh, like Godzilla when he's when he's ramping up his his nuclear breath weapon. Oh you know, yeah, and, and, his, and his all the scales light up. glowing. Yeah, I, I I see it as a more I don't know like a more diffused kind of light that just just shimmers, in almost it. an aura. Yeah, very aura like. So I can't see them as luminescent. No, but, no. But a hint, the way the sun catches their their scales, it's almost like like it scintillates a little bit. There you go. Yeah. Scintillates. Word um, of the day, kids. Make sure you use it three times in a sentence. Scintillates. Now spell it. S C intillate. There you go. That's good enough. <laughs> that and it's a little known fact that that is uh, Sin's full name. <laughs> is scintillate? Yes, it um, is. We just call him Sin for short. Keep it a secret. <laughs> I'm going to get a text message. <laughs> you are. <laughs> So you get uh, you get the following racial traits. You're a humanoid, uh, size medium, walking speed of thirty feet, and your your ancestry, your draconic ancestry, grants you uh, special what they call magical affinity. So you get to choose one type of dragon from the chromatic ancestry table below, 
and that determines the damage type for your other traits as as, as shown in the table. So if you're of uh, black chromatic ancestry, you get acid, blue gets lightning, green poison, red fire, white cold. It's pretty much the way the chromatic dragons are, are, yep. are set up. Pretty straightforward. Yeah. How coincidental. Now, now here's where here's where it gets gets pretty cool. Is the breath weapon? You got to have a breath weapon. Yeah. What's the point of having any uh, draconic ancestry if you don't get a bitchin' breath weapon? That's it. To uh, to do your thing with. So y- you can replace one of your attacks with an exhalation of this magical energy. Uh, it's in a thirty foot line that's five feet wide. So each creature in that area must make make a dex saving throw. Against the DC equal to eight plus your constitution modifier plus your proficiency bonus. So that could add up pretty quick. It could. Yep. And I mean, you're probably looking at minimum 12 straight out of the gates. Well, I mean, minimum 10 just between the proficiency bonus and, and the, you know, the eight. So yeah, de- depending on your decks, you're looking between a 10 and a 14. And, and with everything else, as you gain in levels, you know, you're probably going to be putting some, um, of your ASI increases into constitution mm-hmm. um, just so you have a, a more effective breath weapon. And it could get pretty, pretty powerful. Uh, 2d8 damage right out of the gates this is pretty damn good. Yeah, that ain't bad at all. Uh, that's a nice, nice little uh, damage dealer uh, at, at lower levels, uh, particularly. On a failed save, you, you take half as much damage as, as a... A successful one, so and it does scale by level too. Oh, so breath I mean, weapons, yeah, yeah, they yeah, do. You look another D eight at yeah. fifth, uh, another D eight at eleventh, another five D eight at seventeenth level. That's a pretty impressive breath weapon. On top of whatever capstones your, your class is going to give you, yeah, that's almost a capstone by itself. Well, this uh, this breath weapon's a, an, an improved over what they have in the player's handbook because mm-hmm. the player's handbook went. Uh, depending on the, the where your lineage came from, uh, determined what kind of breath weapon you had, but also the shape of the breath weapon, whether it was a cone or a straight line, and whether it was you know how far it went or you know, whatever. It, it just they just they simplified it right here. You know, a thirty foot breath weapon is pretty pretty gnarly. That's a good range. Yeah, that's that's um that that is nice. I mean, granted, your your opponents will probably not be lined up neatly um you know one right after the other but that's still a decent a decent range on well that, five you know? feet wide get them in a hallway well it is i mean yeah. it's like some of your other ones like your white uh dragonborn from the player's handbook they had a 15 foot cone so it's it's more of a, it's more of a cone shape right. but it doesn't go as far some of the other ones were a, a five by 30 foot you know range so you're probably looking at similar square footages, just your ranges changed, and you're, like you well, said, the, the shape sim- of your breath weapon. Yeah, changes. they simplified it, so it's mm-hmm. not so confusing depending on what, what yeah. you're playing. Okay, yeah. real quick, GM Scott, would you allow your player character to sweep this breath weapon? Because you I, know the very first time they're going to use it, yeah, they're going to they're try to sweep it as, and get the same air type effect as a cone, but thirty feet out. I I would based on situation. So for for example, if we were um I would utilize the rule of cool. So if we were in a knockdown drag out battle and it was probably the final battle of 
of the campaign or that particular adventure and someone wanted to do a sweep and I, you know, I was throwing a lot of opponents to him at him and there would be a, a kind of like huge cinematic value to that. I would, I would allow that. I would reduce the amount of damage on a sweep because it wouldn't be as concentrated a blast. So it would be less effective than it was like if it was like a full on blast. I would I would kind of use it in the same manner that, you know, uh buckshot's pretty lethal at close range, but the farther away you get, you know, it's not as effective. Then you might as well just use the cone. You might as well just use the cone. I would not allow them to sweep. Basically, because with the breath weapon, they would have to seize all the muscles in their neck and their back and everything to to be able to produce this breath weapon. Now, that would not stop my barbarian from running up, grabbing them, and aiming them like a blunderbuss. Now, if your bar- barbarian picked up your semi-frozen or semi-paralyzed dragon, especially if they planned it ahead of time, and now all of a sudden your barbarian picks him up and sweeps using him as basically the handle to a really big lightsaber. That would be the rule of cool. It probably would, but I don't know if I would. I would because, as you'll see when we get to the other types, they have that cone effect. So yep. there's actually there's a difference between the two, the chromatic and metallic. So knowing right. that, I, I, I don't think I would because of that, because of that alone. Um, what I do like about this is, in the player's handbook, again, when you went to use your attack, when you went to attack, you either gave up your attack to use your breath weapon, mm-hmm. and that's all you did. Now you can use one of your attack actions correct, to actually use this breath weapon. So if you're a fighter or a paladin, if somebody has multiple attacks, you can actually you know, do your normal attack and then your breath weapon. Yep. So there you go. Um, it gives you, well, I th- I'm probably pretty sure that this is going to go across to all the, the dragons, but it also gives you resistance to the damage type associated with your chromatic ancestry. It just makes sense. And at third level, you get what's called chromatic warding. So as an action, you can channel your draconic energies to protect yourself. For 10 minutes, you become immune to the damage type associated with your chromatic ancestry. And once you use this, you can't do so again until you finish a long rest. That's a whole lot better than resistance. Uh, yeah. Yes. I mean, yeah, you had your, your last fight with the big bad and, you know, you or anything, and you can have resistance to, if you're a fire, you can have resistance. If you're a fire dragonborn, now you're immune, to, immune, not resistant, immune. immune. I could walk in that For lava. 10 minutes. That's a long time. That's a real long time. That that's powerful. I'm going to get that ring and that got thrown into the volcano. <laughs> and how you, you gonna, would, yeah? How are you going to do that? The backstroke, exactly. <laughs> and and that um, that is that is cool. But imagine with with this chromatic warding or even the draconic resistance. Imagine what duels in whatever whatever homeland these beings would come from would look like. Right, so maybe you wouldn't use your your weapons per se, but it was like when when a uh, someone of like uh, draconic origins 
is dueling another for whatever reason their culture may determine it necessary to duel, they would use specifically um, their their claws and their breath weapon, and it would be, I imagine, a particularly terrifying thing to spectate being an outsider of these two really large, you know, thickly built creatures um, dueling with, like, a tremendous amount of, like, primal savagery and just blast after blast after blast with these breath weapons, especially if they were of the same, you know, uh, dragon type. It almost sounds like you're describing the Gorn mating ritual. Ah, the Gorn mating ritual. (laughs) I like that idea. I I would use this in my background, whereas I'm a level one fighter and I'm going up against the, um, the elder. I get my ass handed to me, and now I have to leave the village because I just insulted him. Yeah, by by actually challenging him. Yeah, exactly. So now you know that's that's a, a good idea for a, for a, a beginning backstory. Yay! And you're not an orphan. Exactly. You're just an outcast. Yep. Now I have to come back. You know, I have to buff myself up if you want to call throughout through a game and then I could come back later and try to challenge him again later because I don't think what he's doing is right. You know, I stood up to him, I I lost and I got ousted. Child. Yeah, exactly. That's what you are. Yeah, I think I think uh you know, I always look at this stuff as the potential to add layers of flavor to your to your game. So you're not just you're not just a paper doll. Exactly. Um like in an MMO. Where you know all it is 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 different, just different skins. Mm-hmm. Well, it's just like you were saying. You know, you're you're going up against you know another tribe mate. Why wouldn't it be? Why couldn't it have been an upstart thinking he can take on the elder, and then because he lost, now he's exiled. You know, for challenging somebody that's above his station. Mm-hmm. You know, the, for, the audacity. Yeah, you know what's your reasoning? I don't Look, like. Even hypothetically, he's a wild card. Yeah. Damn, you're consistent. At least on that. I love is, you. You are consistently a wild card. I love you, Lou. It I is, know. It is um, simultaneously consistency and inconsistency, which is mind-blowing. <laughs> Not many people could do what I do and do that, it well. That is true. That is true. I have seen it done many times poorly. Um, yeah, when they ask him, what's the Zodiac? Oh, the Chaos Wheel. Yeah. So let's move on to the metallic dragonborn. Uh, you have metallic ancestry. You lay claim to the unfilching tenacity of the metallic dragons. Uh, brass, bronze, copper, gold, and silver. And their hues glint in their scales. Probably around the edges. That would be cool. There's uh, a fire of hearth and forge and cold of high mountains air and the spark of inspiration and the scouring touch of acid that cleanses and purifies. Well, okay, so we go into the traits. You're humanoid, you're medium size, you're walking 30 feet. Uh, you trace your ancestry to metallic dragons, uh, grant you special magical affinities. Uh, then we're going to go into the different types and the damages. So your brass does fire, your bronze, lightning, copper does acid, gold, fire, and silver does cold. And as Lou mentioned, when you take an attack action, Replace one, replace one of your attacks with uh, exhalation of magical energy, 15-foot cone. 
Each creature in the area must make a dexterity saving throw. DC equal to 8 plus con plus your proficiency. 2d8 damage, just like the chromatics, and save is on half. With the same progression on the d8s on 5th, 11th, and 17th. Of course, you can use this trait number of times equal to your proficiency bonus, and you get them all back on a long rest. I, I think I like the cone better, even though it's yeah. only 15 feet. I, I don't know why. Just in, in combat, especially close combat, you're more likely to have more than one foe in a 15-foot cone than you are likely to have them in a line. Oh, yeah. But you also have I, to watch out for your party with that cone, too. This is true, because unless they have some kind of immunities or resistances themselves, unlikely, the, yeah, you could probably... <laughs> Lou could probably do some damage with this. No, no probably in, involved. There's, I, I was being nice. I mean, after all, we almost fed him to our pet. Yeah. I'll get over that. Uh, yeah. Metallic breath weapon, third level. Uh, this is cool. Yeah. <laughs> you get a second breath weapon. You When you take your attack action, you replace one of your attacks with an exhalation. Uh, each creature in the area must succeed on a strength saving throw or be pushed 20 feet away from you and be knocked prone. Hmm. Each creature in the area must succeed on a constitution save or become incapacitated until you start your next turn. Either way, you're getting blasted. Yeah, I think the uh, the cinematic value to this is is cool too, especially if you're you know, you're you're using this this metallic breath weapon and if if it's forceful enough to like move armored individuals, then furniture Water barrels, that sort of thing. <laughs> the cart and horse. Yeah, you know, fruit <laughs> flying everywhere. Maybe a small child or something. Chickens and the whatnot. It's cow it, goes by. Oh, same cow. Yeah, you. <laughs> you do. You. It, it. It makes it just very cool. You yes. know, To have to have this weapon, even in, cooler. In place is now you use this first, if you got multiple attacks, and then you use your other breath weapon behind it. Yeah. Because now they're prone, and you got to hit them with advantage. Well, that, it, if I incapacitate them, oh yeah, then then you yeah, just hit them. <laughs> yeah, that's with the melee attack. But I can still use my breath, my other breath weapon, because mm-hmm. it's one of however many attacks I have. Right. So think about that. Dave. Whack them twice. Yes, that's a that's a good amount of damage coming your way. Yeah, it is. That is, um, yeah, I I do like the, and of course when you use it, you pick one of those, um. And you have to finish a long rest to get it back. But just combat-wise, um, as the tactician that I am, I, I think I would be inclined to, and don't get me wrong, I would play a chromatic dragon in a heartbeat. But I think as far as combat goes, I I just like the effect of the 15-foot cone better than the, the line effect. Right. Yeah, as for the metallics, I think they, I think this makes them a little bit more powerful than the chromatics. Uh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, Not, I, well, I don't know why I'm more powerful. Maybe more versatile. That's a better word to use. I yeah. think more versatile would be a, a little bit better. This gives them an edge. It, yeah, yeah, a little. You bit. know, especially if you can knock them prone or incapacitate them. Mm-hmm. Whereas the others, the chromatics don't get that. It's just the metallics, right? Yeah, that that second breath weapon is is a big one. Yeah, I mean, granted, I can only use it once per long rest, but I saved that for when I actually need it. Yep. That's your um, your ace, ace card. Hole. Yep. Well, we get, we talk about the gem dragonborn. I That's, like um, I like these guys. I'm sure Bill does too, since he likes all the dragons. <sighs> yeah, I might have a little problem with this one. 
Just a touch. That's, that's weird. I didn't see that coming. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they partake in the heritage of the gem dragons. Um, probably my least favorite kind of dragons, but definitely my my favorite type of draconic origins here. I'm probably, I'm using the wrong terminology too. Draconic options. They are uh, amethyst, crystal, emerald, sapphire, and topaz. Um, and like the other ones, you can see those gleaming in their their scales or their veins. There's other wonders of the mind, the force of will, the brilliant light of insight, and the resounding echo of discovery, and the desiccation of despair. And like all the others, they, they are humanoid, they are medium, their walking speed is 30, and... You uh, trace your ancestry back to these gem dragons, and this determines the damage type for your other traits. Uh, So amethyst is force damage, crystal is radiant damage, emerald is psychic, sapphire is thunder. There you go, Lou. And topaz is necrotic. I I, I like the thunder, but if I was going to play one of these, it would have to be the amethyst. Amethyst. (laughs) Uh, Amethyst for force. The yeah. least resisted uh, of, of uh, abilities yep. right. out there. Now he's channeling his inner min max. Yep. Yeah. Here it comes. <laughs> um, when you take the attack action, like the others, you can replace one of your attacks with an exhalation of magical energy in a fifteen foot cone. Uh, each creature in the area must make a dexterity saving throw against DC equal to eight plus your Constitution modifier plus your proficiency bonus. For uh, 2d8 points of damage, and the the damage increases by 1d8 when you reach 5th level to 3d8 in uh, 11th level, 4d8 in 17th level, 5d8. And you can use this trade a number of times equal to your proficiency bonus. And you uh, regain all expended uses when you finish a long rest. Uh, you get Draconic Resistance, so you have resistance to the damage type associated with your gem ancestry, which is good. So they have Gem Flight. Uh, starting at third level, and you can use your bonus action to temporarily summon an array of spectral gems to match your gem ancestry in the shape of wings that last for one minute. For the duration, you can you gain a flying speed equal to your walking speed, and you can hover. Uh, once you use this trait, you can't do so again until a you finish a long rest. Did I miss anything? No, but I'm just I'm trying to figure out why just one minute when Tasha's and you know gave other classes like anywhere from ten minutes to thirty minutes. Hmm. Good point. Well, I mean, I'm fine with it, but I'm just trying to figure out, you know, what the logic is behind it. Because DMs hate flight. Yeah. That's true. I'm damn Kenku. Ruined everything. Eric Kokra. Eric Kokra. Because they got to move the speed of 50 when they fly. <laughs> Bastards. Oh, I forgot psionic mind, so you can telepathically oh, did, did, did speak. I, I'm sorry, did I go past that? Do, yeah, I don't know why. <laughs> oh, I, I didn't telepathically see it. speak to any creature using uh, I don't, psionics, Phil. Um, any creature you can see within 30 feet of you, you don't need to share a language with the creature, but the creature must be able to understand at least one language. Your communication doesn't give the creature the ability to respond to you telepathically. So that's not too bad, Bill. <sighs> As you can see, they're trying to fix psionics more to some people's liking. They got all your letters <laughs> and emails and, and emails and smoke, smoke messages. signals. <laughs> yep. 
Telegraph. They weren't ignoring you when you were standing outside Wizards of the Coast headquarters, pounding on the windows, carrying Gi- a sign. It's a giant sign above my head. No, Psionic sucks. No, Change my mind. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's because they are they are trying out the limit it, the way psionics works. That I don't like psionics. The the biggest pet peeve I had about psionics is there was no defense set up in the system for it. There were no saves. You basically were a meat puppet to any psionicist. This is in version two and two point five for you guys who do not know. Thirty five years ago. Yep. Bill's still pissed. Yep. Yes. I blame you, Scott. He's <laughs> He's gonna be that old man sitting in McDonald's with his discount small <laughs> coffee. Free refills. Bitching about the kids nowadays and, and the psionics. And psionics. <laughs> and people are gonna be like, what the hell is he talking about? Crazy dudes talking about psionics. They're going to say, what the hell is psionics? I tell you, but I hate it too much. All right, let's move on to the one that I think is the best. The Cobalt. Yes. Yes. Formerly dog people, now dragon people. (laughs) Some of the smallest draconic creatures to walk the plains. Cobalt display their draconic ancestry in a glint in their scales and in their roars. Uh, legends tell of the first kobolds emerging from the Underdark near the lairs of the earliest dragons. Uh, in some lands, kobolds serve chromatic or metallic dragons, even worship them as divine beings. In other places, kobolds know too well how dangerous these dragons can be and help defend against them. So that's kind of the inside guy. Yeah, I... I don't, it's I don't a, know. It's a whole new spin on Cobalt. It's a, a yeah. totally different spin. You know, they. Uh, I always kind of saw them in 5th edition anyway, not in any of the previous editions, as, well, someone's got to be able to clean the creases in the dragon that they can't get to, right? Someone's got to. <laughs> you can't the, lick everywheres. Yeah. <laughs> pick the gems and the coins out of those hard-to-reach places <laughs> where the thighs meet the pelvis, you know? Yeah, just, you know. We we don't need uh, we we lost we lost another goblet to the crease. <laughs> it's all dented. You're not going to be able to drink out of it, even if you wanted to. It is now a sippy cup. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so whatever the relationship is to the dragons, the cobalt scales tend to be rust colored. Although occasional cobalt will sport scale colors more akin to that of a chromatic or metallic dragon. Uh, the roar of the cobalt can express a range of emotions, anger, resolve, elation, fear, and more. Regardless of the emotion the cobalt expresses, the roar resonates with draconic power. I Have you like... ever heard of such a thing with cobalts? No, which uh, is why I yeah. like it. Fodder for an adventuring party for a half a century, Three. and now, now finally they kind of they, they get... An elevation in 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 coolness. Well, this you, is even a more dramatic rewrite than the Paladin. Do you see what? Do you have you guys noticed what's missing from these? Not yet. Don't ruin it for well, us. No, if you if you haven't read it now, you're not going to see it. <laughs> we we do our homework. You tell us to. So what is it that we're missing? Pack tactics. Nope. An affinity to grow dreadlocks. Nope. Wings. No. Females. No. They still lay eggs. No. Live birth. No. They're good fishermen. No. They are awesome at dance. 
Well, they are, but that's not it either. They okay. make well, what's the best the mimes. They're missing yeah. their sunlight sensitivity restrictions that they had before. We were getting there. You were not. We were. When? When? Soon. We're running down the whole list of things <laughs> that they no longer have. You didn't do your homework. I did my homework. <laughs> this is Lou, Lou. We we've talked about physically abusing the hosts. That is, the, that the, is the, inappropriate. The, the game masters. <laughs> this is not 1950s. I would know. <laughs> These are the 2000s. We don't do timeout anymore, and we don't do corporal punishment. We have conversations about choices, and everyone gets a participation ribbon. Shame on you. Hell with that. I'm corporal punishment. <laughs> it's my wrestling name. Corporal punishment. <laughs> yes, in oiled blue and tights. The I, stuff of nightmares. Now I'm afraid I bought him that luchador mask yeah, a few years ago. <laughs> that is the only part of his body other than his loins that is covered. You should have gotten a bigger mask. <laughs> and a cape. A long cape. Uh, yes. <laughs> we digress. Um, you're a humanoid. You are small. Your walking speed is 30. You get dark vision. Uh, you can see in dim light uh, within 60 feet of you as if it was bright light and darkness as if you're in dim. You discern colors in that darkness only as shades of gray. So let's move on to the draconic legacy. Uh, your connection to dragons can manifest in unpredictable ways in an individual kobold. Choose one of the following legacy options when you select this race. Number one, you have an advantage on saving throws to avoid or end the frightened condition on yourself. Not bad. Not bad at all. You know one cantrip of your choice from the sorcerer spell list. Intelligence, wisdom, or charisma is your spell casting ability for that cantrip. Choose when you select this race. And number three, you can make unarmed strikes with your tail. When you hit with it, it's the strike deals a 1d6 plus your strength modifier, bludgeoning damage instead of bludgeoning damage normal for an unarmed strike. I like that. That's one. a meaty tail. Yeah. yeah. That's pretty cool. And the roar. I think I, that's probably my favorite thing. I, I that, think so, that too. That in the absence of the sunlight sensitivity. Well, there's also the, the cowering and fear one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they. Um, I would never have used that. Yeah, I don't it, think I would. Uh, was it... Mordecainen, I think so. That did that. Yeah, um, yeah. That um, you cower know, and grovel. It, I think it was. Yeah, called. yeah. It, it fit with uh, it fit with with what they were doing with the cobalt well, before. The, but yeah, I, they were basically being a, a shunned dog. Yeah, I think um, I think this works better. It does a lot better. The roar is kind of like their their breath weapon. Yeah. If Almost, you want to think you know, about it, yeah. yeah. Yep. Um, so as a bonus action, you let out a draconic roar at your enemies within 10 feet of you. Until the end of your next turn, you and your allies have an advantage on attack rolls against any of those enemies who could hear the roar. So it's almost like it replaces that pack tactic. It's, that's exactly what it did. Yep. Um, and uh, so I was right. Say it, Lou. What? You're right, Scott. Thank you, Lou, for saying that. <laughs> you can use this trait a number of times equal to your proficiency bonus, and you regain all expended uses when you finish a long rest. What does what does a roar emanating from a three foot tall creature sound like? Um, 
not Godzilla. <laughs> because because my my dog's bark sounds very different than other dogs' barks because she's twenty five pounds. She squeaks sometimes. <laughs> um, but you bring up a good point. Um, I have a puppy. He's only five months old. And he goes out in the back porch and he has this high pitch, you know, barking and everything. But every once in a while, if he sees the cat in the yard or a squirrel or my neighbors behind us just got two dogs, he barked to them. He sounds like a much, much bigger dog. I, I, I almost... I think it would be cool for like every every cobalt like in the game to um, sound like like Barry White, or <laughs> Michael Clark Duncan, you know, guys that had or B. Arthur, yeah, you know, guys that had really deep voices. Yep. Um, but it'd be coming Isaac out of the, Hayes. Isaac Hayes, you know, coming out of this little body, okay. the guy that does. Uh, um, was it Allstate? Are you in good hands? Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> they all sound like the Allstate guy. <laughs> yeah, you know, they're these little these little creatures with big, big voices, and uh, so when they roar, it's like this massive roar emanating from this teeny tiny little body. Well, you can actually see their body puff up as they start sucking in air, and o- almost yeah, almost like those. Um, um, you know, certain reptiles or a bullfrog would, yep. I, I can almost, yeah. When you, when you say that, I yeah. can see like they're, they're like, maybe they have like these neck folds, almost like a bearded dragon or yeah. something, you know, and they just expand with air is like the roar is getting ready. You know, they're drawing air into their body and then they just let out this massive bellow and, <laughs> and it, it, it causes people to pause. Like, did that come out of that? <laughs> and that's where that advantage comes yep. from, you know that that extra. Um, Holy crap! What do they have yeah. with them? That's good. That's good thematics right there. Because I would have yeah, never yeah. thought of doing what he just said. Yep. So everybody, take that and write it in your notebooks. Yeah, I, and it's imagine not, it's not copyrighted yet. Yeah, get on that, Lou. I'm getting on. We, it. we need to make some money. Yes, <laughs> I'm sick of I'm sick of rolling my pants up and waiting in the mall fountains. So, <laughs> I'm sick of it too. Got to come find you all the time. Mall's calling me. Can you come get Mister Labby, please? He's in there again. Then I get the call. Well, we got to bail him again. How much is it this time? Let's talk about this week's sponsor. Drip It is an online gaming magazine that focuses on the gamer, not just the games. Join the discussion of Dungeons and Dragons and other tabletop role-playing games. Retro gaming, classic gaming, and all those great games that don't get enough attention. Drippit calls itself an inclusive gaming roundtable. Yes, just like King Arthur's Knights of the Roundtable. Regardless of who you are or what you're playing, you are equally deserving of the respect owed to all who do battle in the world of gaming. Check them out at drippit.com. That's D-R-I-P-P-I-T.com. So on that note, let's talk about feats. Let's talk about feats, since you've rolled up your pants. Feat represents the character's achieving mastery in one of their capabilities and discovering the ability to do something completely new. Uh, When this mastery arises from a draconic source, whether it's a gift of a true dragon, the manifestation of some draconic heritage, the blessing of a draconic god, or a consequence of slaying a true dragon, it can have dramatic supernatural 
natural effects. See, I like this because it doesn't say you have to be Dragonborn to, to have these. No. You I, have think s- it, I think it's implied. Uh, well, I think you can say you have some sort of well, in maybe the, blood, you know, lost, you know, generations I, lost down I the line. I think in the game, um, for someone who isn't Dragonborn, I, would, I might allow these, but at a reduced effect. Well, these aren't listed as racial feats. No. Which which is nope. interesting. So it's just a feat. I wonder I wonder if it's that they're trying to get away from the using the word racial. Um Well when you talk about this, you most definitely are talking species. Y- yeah. Yeah. Um definitely. Uh so I, I wonder what I wonder what the intent is. You know, um well, it, when I, you look at this. I think the intent you know, let's say you're a you're a human, but you're descended, you know, from Dragonborn somewhere down the line. So you may have that little bit of Dragonborn blood. You're not enough to give you any Dragonborn abilities, but you possibly could pick up a feat. I think instead of being heritage, maybe um, you find yourself living in a cave that at one point was the lair of a dragon. There's that too. And yeah. maybe it's more latent magic as opposed to lineage, because I think lineage is going to be a tough one to sell. Yeah. Well, I say normally I would say that, but what Tasha's just did, yeah, you know, with the whole custom lineage thing now, yeah, um, that's that's it's sold if you're using the options. Oh well, I mean, yeah, yeah. you mechanically could do it. Yes. Um, but I, you know, just getting the giggity on with the, you know, with this scaly um, dude uh, because I really dig the tail. Um, eh. I would even, I, I would question how that would work. Um, yeah, I just, I just, I, I would find. I'm just other saying, ways. Th- those are just some some options no, I was I'm, thinking about. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Um, because it does not me- say mechanically. That, yes, you could probably get away. Yeah, with it. Uh, you know, that, but, the one thing I noticed, it did not say these are for dragonborn. Yeah, I'm going to fall back on that that one word that I use an awful lot when justify. Wants, there you go. Yeah, justify yep. it. And and that is that is one of those things that I would I would certainly allow someone who is not of any sort of draconic origin to use any of these, but I would, I would say how? Yes. Yeah, definitely. You, know, you just and, can't pick and, it up. And if yep. you were at fourth level and, and you decide, Oh, I'm going to do this, but your background says anything, but any sort of, you know, uh, suspected or rumored draconic lineage, or you're not a, um, uh, draconic origin sorcerer, then I would, be like, uh, no, I don't think so. Right, you have to really like, you know, sell it. Come, yeah, that sell would it. be a hard sell. It, it it would be now if you had built a character like that from 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 jump, then then yeah, let's let's do it and see how it how it turns out. If that was the theme of your character from the very beginning, mm-hmm. and you were like, hey, this is what I want to do with this character. Are you cool with it? You're like, yeah, okay, it's a compelling story. We can explore that more, you know, during during the game sessions. But I would see these at my table only as, like, racial feats, unless those certain specific circumstances, you know, were in play. Mm-hmm. Or if something came up throughout the camp- campaign that um, would, would warrant it. Um, 
Yeah, I'd have to see this as like a, a pretty substantial magical influence, or yeah. But like it said, it was a, a gift of a draconic god. You slew a, a real dragon and bathed in its blood. Uh, uh, but I think the heritage one is going to be the one that would be would be difficult to uh, to pass on. But but that's know, just us, right? That's just, I mean, that's you just us. Yeah, whatever oh, yeah. you want to do at your table, you know. So if uh, when when you're you're running your table. Do your thing. I mean, these are options, right? So you can do it or not do it or play with it however you want to play with it. Perfectly fine. No, do it as I say. As... <laughs> let's <laughs> let's look at uh, some of these feats. Let's go ahead. Start off. All right. The gift of the chromatic dragon. Uh, this says you've manifested some of the power of chromatic dragons, granting you the following benefits as a bonus action. You could touch a simpler martial weapon and infuse it with one of the following damage types, acid, cold, fire, lightning, or poison. For the next minute, the weapon deals an extra 1d4 damage of the chosen type when it hits. After you see this, after you use this ability, you can't do so again until you finish a long rest. When you take acid, cold, fire, lightning, or poison damage, you can use your reaction to give yourself resistance to that instance of damage. You can use this reaction a number of times equal to your proficiency bonus, and you regain all expended uses when you finish a long rest. So that's that's pretty pretty cool. I, I could see a uh, you know draconic origin sorcerer you know using this. Oh yeah, I like that. Um, I would even go as far as to to say that if you had built a monk. And, you know, you had this this dragon theme, right? Because dragons in martial arts uh, are yeah, kind of like peanut butter and jelly, right? Right. Um, they're great individually, but you put them together. It's a magic combination. You know, I would, I would allow um, these feats with a certain monk build. Magical tomes that you've been studying for years, and all of a sudden yeah. you've, you've come to a revelation that no one else seems to have put together. Yeah, once you once you get the brands, you know, once you walk in, um, yeah, you pick up the hibachi with your forearms. Yeah, you're all like set. David Carradine and Kung yep. Fu, and then you walk out into the snow, and now you're now you're a Shaolin. But now you got, you know, instead of a dragon and a tiger, you got two dragons on your forearms. You get that feat. There you go. At fourth level, though. At fourth level. <laughs> unless so, unless you're a very human. I was about to say, unless you play one of the one of the classes, a very human yeah. that allows you to pick a feat at first level. So you can have your scars nice and early. So we have the gift of the metallic dragon. You've manifested some of the power of the metallic dragons, grant you the following benefits. You learn cure wound spell. You can cast this spell without expending a spell slot. Once you cast a spell in this way, you can't do so until you finish a long rest. You can also cast a spell using spell slots you already have. Uh, spells, spell, spell casting ability is intelligence, wisdom, or charisma when you cast it with this feat. Choose when you gain the feat. And you can manifest protective wings that you can shield you or others from attacks. When you or another creature you can see within five feet of you is hit by an attack, you can use your reaction to manifest spectral wings from your back for a moment. Roll a d4 and grant a bonus to the target's AC equal to the number rolled against that attack roll, potentially causing it to miss. You can use the reaction a number of times equal to your proficiency bonus, and you regain all expected use when you finish a long rest. Draconic, awesome shield master effect. Yeah, it, Falcon. 
I was just going to say <laughs> it, it reminds me. It reminds me of the Falcon, which yep. the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. If you haven't watched it, is nothing short of phenomenal. I have. Now I'm a I am a Captain America purist, and I love Steve Rogers, and I, I loved uh, Chris Evans in the role, and I was like, you are going to be hard pressed to find anybody as Captain America as Chris Evans did it, but um, Sam Wilson. I always forget the actor's name. What is what is his name? God, I just. I'm horrible with names. That's why I never quote any of them. Anthony Mackie. Yes. Anthony Mackie did such an outstanding job that I'm like, I can't wait till his Captain America 4. Well, Falcon in the comics was Captain America for a little while. He he was. He he was. um, After, like, something happened to Steve Rogers and and he got old. It went to Bucky. um, Then it went to U.S. Agent for a little while. Then it left him and then it went to Falcon, I believe. In some order. One of those orders. Yeah. Um, But, yeah. Anthony Mackie did such an awesome job, you know, where, where he, uh, Marvel, Marvel does a really good job of making like B list superheroes, a list superheroes, yep. right? B list yep. in the comic books, a list in the, in the movies. They did that with, with Iron Man. Um, and I, you know, of course, awesome writing, good special effects. And of course, finding a phenomenal actor to do it. Yeah. Anthony Mackie did, did a good job. I was disappointed that it was only six episodes i was too but if you sit there and watch just binge them all it's one six hour movie yeah that's what i did um, the other night <laughs> and uh yeah i'm looking forward to to his being captain america in in you know the big movies yes uh and i hope they come back uh, they're supposedly yeah. they're, supposed, they're thinking season. about doing a second season but they're going to call it captain america and the winter soldier yeah um I th- I thought we were going to see White Wolf too. I thought we were going to see the Winter Soldier kind of transition to White Wolf. And you may see that. So maybe if they do a season three, maybe that's where you'll see well, that. Well, he transition. did make a couple of references, that, yeah. You know, yeah. in the Winter Soldier and the Falcons, so, you know, it's White Wolf. Yeah, yeah, but right now it's only the Wakandas that call him that. Yeah, yeah. See, now I when I read this and you know the wings could be used, I was thinking of uh, Gal Gadot in that. In oh, and Wonder Woman nineteen eighty four. Yes. In her armor, and yeah, and that—that's the first one that came to mind to me. I didn't even think of that one because yeah. I just saw, you know, well, that the, yeah, the Falcon. So I—I I did not like that armor, um, and I like the story behind it. I did not like the armor myself. I—I I am a Wonder Woman traditionalist. <laughs> I want to see her in her, uh, you know, her her normal Wonder Woman attire. You know, when you say that and grin like that, it's—it's—it's it's, it's kind of. Listen, it's kind of creepy. Gal Gal Gadot could uh, be careful. She could read the phone book, and I would be riveted by it. She is that stunning. Yes, I could actually not even look at her and just close my eyes and listen to her voice, and it would be that's inappropriate, Scott. I don't think it's inappropriate at all. She's got a, she's got a wonderful he, he, voice. He didn't mention that he stared at posters for hours and hours and has committed and burned it into his memory. I do so, not have a Gal Gadot poster, but I will say I did have a Linda Carter Wonder Woman poster growing up. I who, did too. Yeah, who didn't? Yeah, who who didn't? Uh, for those of you <laughs> that are substantially younger than me, uh, Linda Carter was the uh, stunning mature woman at the very end that of of Wonder Woman nineteen eighty four. Uh, hands down the best part of the movie. Yes. Um, she's got to be yep. like 70 now, and she's... Early 60s, I think. No way. I thought she was like 
make that me was look like nineteen seventy four, seventy seventy five, or something like that. When she was she was Wonder Woman, she's got to be like pushing seventy if she's not already there. But she looks phenomenal. Yes, she does. I like the bitch. She, she was born in nineteen fifty one. That requires math. I can't remember if I went to her sixty nine. Yeah, Holy that's shit. almost seventy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So you're both were right. He said sixties. You said seventies. She's a looker. She is. Yeah. But anyway, we digress. Yes, we usually do. So we've. Uh, I don't even remember where we were. All that. <laughs> all that talk of Gal Gadot got me sidetracked. Gift of the metallic dragon. That was the gift of the metallic the dragon. Gift, yeah. Right, so that means the gift, the gift of, the, of the gem, gem dragon. dragon. Yep. Yeah. Um. You've manifested some of the power of the gem dragons, and this is what you get. Uh, an increase in intelligence, wisdom, or charisma by one to a maximum of 20. And when you take damage from a creature that is within 10 feet of you, you can use your reaction to emanate, emanate, mind you, telekinetic energy, almost like psionics, Bill, but you're emanating it. Like it's, it's just kind of like <sighs> rippling off of you. The creature that dealt damage to you must succeed on a strength saving throw. See, there's your saving throw, Bill. DC equal to 8 plus your proficiency bonus plus the ability modifier of your score. Increased by this feat. Or take 2d8 force damage and be pushed 10 feet away from you. You can use this reaction a number of times equal to your proficiency bonus. And you regain all expended uses when you finish a long rest. I... Love that they're bringing psionics into fifth edition. Bill's glaring at me because he knows I'm I'm jabbing at him, and he's got short arms, so he can't reach me <laughs> too far away. I have swords and firearms. <laughs> so this is a uh, that's pretty cool. Like I, you know, the more and more I I look into, I give this you know some consideration. I think this would work well with some of the you know, psionically gifted uh, class options. Yep. Maybe that Tasha's uh, put out. I if, agree. If you, have, um, if you have a backstory enough to justify this, mm. Bill looks angry. We should get him a drink. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm going for a drink. It's going to, <laughs> it's going to be okay. It's going to be all right. There's saving throws now. There, there's a saving throw. There's a sa- yes. This is the only one I've seen so far. It gets catchy though. It catches on. This I, sort of thing. You know, that, if they put saving throws in there, you know, and it's a, it's a save. It's all or nothing on the saving throw, which is okay. You know, I just no, you haven't won me over. But we spent probably an hour on air, and I don't know, maybe a half an hour after, and a little bit before, with Hudra Matthias Johansson from Hybrid Gaming, trying to sell Bill on psionics. And just when you thought it was working, he pulled the carpet out from under you. You know, he was, he was, he was using that old Sun Tzu tactic, you know. And Three against one, and I was victorious. I wouldn't say victorious. No, he, was, he remained stubborn. There's yes. a difference. <laughs> <laughs> Same thing. <laughs> now get off my lawn. Yeah. <laughs> We get we get spells. This is a, a nice, meaty, unearthed arcana. I think, I'm, and I'm hoping that we will see something Dragonlancey later down the road this year. Because I, you know, 
I, we saw something, you know, with the, a lot of stuff that's early on with that dealt with Ravenloft, and now we're getting a Ravenloft book. Yeah. So I'm hoping that this is the same. That would be a perfect fitting yeah. for Well, this. did you notice the name drop? For which one? Fizzband's Platinum yep. Shield. Yep. Fizzband yep. is a Dragonlance yep. character. Yep. Exactly. What was his full name? Was Fis, Fistendantilus or something like that? Something like yeah. that. Yeah. See, I can't I can't remember where my car keys are while I'm holding on to them. <laughs> or remember to pick my dirty clothes up off the floor. But I can remember character names from the eighties. <laughs> we know it's been burned into your memory. So right. let's look at spells. Let's. Um a nice spell list. Nice spell. It starts at second level with uh, Icing Death's Frost. Uh, pretty good. Uh, that's for your sorcerer and wizard. Then uh, also at second level, uh, Nathair's Mischief, an illusion uh, for bard, sorcerer, and wizard. Third, you get Flame Strike. I always love Flame Strike. Flame Stride. Flame Stride. Oh, jeez. I better clean my glasses. Thank you. Flame Stride. Oh, well. Maybe I don't like it as much. Transmutation for your artificer, ranger, sorcerer, and wizard. I'm going to butcher this one. Ralothims, Psychic Lance. Perfect. Thank you. Enchantment for Bard, Sorcerer, Warlock, and Wizard. Summon Draconic Spirit at 5th. Conjuration for Druid, Sorcerer, and Wizard. 6th, Fizzband's Platinum Shield. Abjuration for Sorcerer and Wizard. Team Fizzband. And 7th, Draconic Transformation. Transmutation school for druid, sorcerer, and wizard. Now, none of these can be used as a ritual, um, and about half of them use concentration. A couple don't. So, that's uh, that's a nice little list. It, it's not. It's not bad. I always, you know, I I rarely, rarely, rarely play spellcasters, um, but I, I do appreciate the inclusion of new spells. Mm-hmm. I really, I really like that. Um, I like the fact that they start at the seventh level when they list the spell. Normally they start at second and they work their way up. They start at Draconic Transformation right out of the gate. And they work their way down. I like that. Yeah, and I don't think we have enough high-level spells. I'm talking like high, high-level spells. Back back in the day, yeah. <laughs> we had, there were some 10th-level spells out there, some 12th-level spells. Bells. Um, that's way back. In that's the day. way back in the and day. And you had to hunt to find them too. Yeah. Cause your player's handbook going with the ninth. Yep. They, they, they're, they weren't an easy find, no. but fortunately, uh, below our feet is the Lyceum. We may have one or two there. We may have one or two. Um, I'm going to try to cast it if we find it. No, you're not. It's going to be good. I'm going to, every time you do something, I almost get hurt. I, that's payback. You yeah. know that, right? Yeah. <laughs> When was the last time you almost got hurt? Besides today. And when's the last time you? When you was learn? the gelatinous cube? <laughs> oh, that one. Yeah, you got to remember to stop standing on the giant paper X's. Yes. When there's an X with like tape on the floor, and you walk over going, "Hey, what's the X all about?" You'd think you'd learn. I got the gelatinous cube in the chest freezer, so he's not going anywhere anytime <laughs> soon. <laughs> no matter how much lemon cello you put in there, don't eat it. Draconic transformation. Uh, it's a bonus action on yourself. Yeah, there is verbal semantics and 
Materials involved, concentration up to one minute. With a roar, you draw, draw on the magic of the dragons to transform yourself, taking on various draconic features. You gain the following benefits until the spell ends. You have blind sight within a range of 30 feet. Within that range, you can effectively see anything that isn't behind total cover, even if you're blinded or in darkness. Moreover, you can see an invisible creature unless you, the creature successfully hides from you. Uh, you also get incorporeal wings that sprout from your back, giving you the flying speed of 40 feet. And thirdly, when you cast a spell, you, as a bonus action, on subsequent turns for the duration, you can exhale a breath of shimmering energy in a 30-foot cone. Each creature in that area must make a dexterity saving throw, taking 3d8 force damage on a failed save half as much than on a successful one. That's a big area. Yeah, I just had this image of... Uh... Like a fairy or something from the folk of the Feywild <laughs> roaring before they just a rar. <laughs> I'm a dragon, rar. Maybe uh, doing the you know and, the the yeah, claw thing. And they all laugh and all of a sudden <laughs> <laughs> It's not I'm a lion. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta love the inside jokes. Uh Fizzband's Platinum Shield. There's the name drop there, so maybe we will be getting something since uh, Wizards of the Coast and Weiss and Hickman made. Nice, nice. Um, you create a field of silvery light that surrounds a creature of your choice within range, and it could be you if you want. The field sheds dim light out to five feet. Maybe that's what Gandalf was using when he made his appearance in... Um, which one was it after? Uh, Mirkwood? Yeah, uh, the two towers. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I am Gandalf, and Gandalf is me. Um, as a bonus action on subsequent terms, you can move the field to another creature within 60 feet of the field. And the creature protected by the field gains the following benefits. You have half cover. You have resistance to acid, cold, fire, lightning, and poison damage. And if the creature is subjected to an effect that allows it to make a dexterity saving throw to take only half damage, the creature instead takes no damage if it succeeds on the saving throw and only half if it fails. Not bad. Not bad. But did you see the material components for this? <laughs> yeah. Platinum plated dragon scale worth yeah. at least 500 gold pieces. Yeah, uh, to turn your buddy into like uh, one of those glow things that you got to crack and shake. You yeah, know, you're a glow stick. Put around, yeah, put around your kid's <laughs> neck on Halloween. A platinum dragon scale. Here, let, let's go to Walmart and spend a dollar seventy-five at the register to get a flashlight. It's cheaper than a platinum dragon's. How many? A platinum dragon scale. Well, then you better hope you're traveling with another dragon born that. Happens to have platinum dragon. Yeah, he's going to get pissed if you keep plucking his scales. Eh, wait till he's asleep. Get him drunk. Tell him, <laughs> tell him it's a reverse tattoo. I hate the Vancey and ma magic system on a cellular level. The I've same way I the it. same way I feel about psionics. Yeah, but it's different. <laughs> it's different because because it's mine is justified. <laughs> <laughs> if you say so. <laughs> no more drinking for you guys. Your damn spell components. And... Oh, jeez. Let's go on to Flame Stride. 
third level. Uh, it's a bonus action. Verbal and semantic only, so no platinum dragon scales necessary. Concentration for up to one minute. A billowing flames of a dragon cover your feet, granting you explosive speed. For the duration, your speed increases by 20 feet, and moving doesn't provoke opportunities of attack. When you move within five feet of a creature or object that isn't being worn or carried, it takes 1d6 fire damage from your trail of heat. A creature or object can take this damage only once during a turn. At higher levels, when you cast a spell using a slot of fourth level or higher, increase your speed by five feet for each spell slot level above third. Additionally, the spell deals an additional 1d6 fire damage for each slot level above third. That can be cool, especially for your fast-moving characters. Yeah. yeah. Like your monks and some of the other classes. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'd love to throw that on. That's why I said <laughs> <And> that. Kasim. <laughs> Here he does enough dumb damage with his speed. That would be just insane. Well, just, he gets another, up, uh, we'll say, 20 feet added on of movement per round. Uh, on top of his already insanely yeah. high movement. Because, I mean, if you, you take your monk with it, who's already moving pretty quick, and you build him as a mover. Yeah, exactly. You know, I was channeling my inner Marvel yep. hero when I well, built this him. Is, I and thought this, of that. Yeah, and uh, yeah, that would just make them even insane. Now you can leave a trail of fire. Behind a trail you of fire behind that. me. Yeah, that um, thematically, that's that that's really really cool, and um, you should you should certainly take the opportunity to 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 describe that uh, player. You should really take the time to take the opportunity to describe what everybody at the table is going to see when this when this happens. Um, now put this on your little itty-bitty fey dragonborn. Rawr. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm fast, and I'm a lion. Rawr. Um, I like this. I, I'm, not, I'm not really keen on, on the whole superhero fantasy character thing, but... I, I think thematically it's it, it's pretty Whoa. neat. Did he say he wasn't on the superhero fantasy? Thing? But you just liked and loved that paladin we talked Captain about. Captain America paladin? Yeah. I, I did. I did. <laughs> so how can you say that? Because today is another day. Okay. And I really like Captain America. And and I'm I'm very happy Anthony Mackey did such a good job. And, I, and I'm sure he's thrilled that I approve, <laughs> right? So he, he may like us. He I'm, may call I'm, us. Now. I'm going to turn the volume up on my phone because yeah. he should be calling us any yeah. minute now to thank yeah. you, yeah. Anthony <laughs> Mackey. Yeah, I'm sure he calls Sebastian Stans at midnight on Monday and says, "Hey, new episodes dropping. <laughs> you know, you want to come hang out, have a couple drinks, and listen to the DMD." I'm I'm, I'm sure that's happening. I'm, I mean, if it did it does, that's that's I, awesome. I was on so, your website. Your uh, your uh, merch looks uh, pretty hot. Yeah, he ho- hopefully he'll be rocking it at a uh, t-shirt at the Oscars. <laughs> there you It'll go. go nice with a blazer, or or whatever like thing they they do to celebrate good superheroes. So icing death, death's frost. You don't need any any. Uh, any any high priced uh, components for this one? Um, yeah, it's pretty straightforward. Yeah, so this is yeah this is the Walmart version uh, of it. It's 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 inexpensive and and easy to manage price wise. A uh, 
a burst of icy cold energy emanates from you in a 30 foot cone. So you're basically like the, uh, uh, ground zero of, of a breath weapon attack. Yep. Each creature in that area must make a constitution saving throw on a failed save. A creature takes three D eight cold damage and is covered in ice for one minute or until a creature uses its action to break the ice off itself or another creature. The creature covered in ice has its speed reduced to zero. On a successful save, a creature takes half as much damage with no additional effects. And at higher levels, when you cast the spell using a spell slot of third level or higher, you get the increased cold damage by 1d8 for each slot above second. Not bad. You know where that name came from? Icing Death's Frost? Icing Death. That's a dragon. It's Drizzit's, one of Drizzit's swords. Oh. I think Drizzit's a punk. I do too, but I'm just saying, they're, they're, they're putting <laughs> a lot of iconic names there. I wonder yep. if people are, are noticing that. Yeah, you know, f- frankly, I'm not impressed with Drizzit. I'm not. I never really cared for him. You know I who I liked? Who? Caterbury? No. I liked Flint Fire Forge, but I think he was in... Uh, he was in Dragonlance. Yeah. yeah. Brunar Battlehammer. Yeah. That was the dwarf. Yep, because it was him and Caterbury together for a while. Yeah. Um, Drizzit. Everybody likes Drizzit. No, not really. I think Drizzit. Yeah, I think Drizzit. I like his swords. That's I oh, think. Oh, that's why that's what I, I noticed yeah. the name, Icing Death. I almost bought the sword set. Icing Death and Twinkle. I like Drizzit. Big deal. Who names their sword Twinkle? Drizzit. Twinkle, Twinkle, Little yeah. Death. Yeah, it's just <laughs> Twinkle. I'm going to name my sword Twinkle. Nobody's afraid of a sword named Twinkle. Glamdring. That's, that's, that's a fearful point. sword name. <laughs> Glamdring. That's a badass sword name. Fohammer. How about your sword called Twinkie? Twinkie. What's wrong with that? So it's Just as bad as Twinkle. It is not. It's better. It's cream-filled. There you go. It's a delicious snack. It's not good that, for you. That will but. live forever. And yes. ever. <laughs> and, uh, Unless they close the factory again. I, I'm still probably digesting a Twinkie from 1976. That's <laughs> <laughs> and we're moving on. And we're moving on. Nathair's Mischief. Second level illusion. Uh, a piece of crust from an apple pie. You thought you went Walmart. <laughs> there is no way. <laughs> there's going to no be, way a, there's piece gonna be a piece of crust over. from an apple pie. Not with our party. No. no. <laughs> Have now you seen our week long? Oh, geez. Have you seen us? I I put out a I put out a a, a mac and cheese, and I, I thought I put out an empty pan. It was so clean. I, I thought I caught someone licking the pan. All right, concentration up to one minute. Uh, you fill a twenty foot cube centered on a point you choose within a range with fey and draconic magic. Roll on the mischief surge table to defer, determine the magical effect produced. At the start of each of your turns, you can move the cube up to 10 feet and re-roll on the table. Now, they got four things here. The smell of apple pie fills the air, and each creature in the cube must succeed on a wisdom savings or become charmed until you start the next of your turn. Start the, your next turn. Number two, bouquets of flowers appear all around, and each creature in the cube must succeed on a dexterity saving throw or be blinded until the start of your next turn as the flowers spray water in their faces. Three, each creature in the cube must succeed on a wisdom saving throw 
or begin giggling until the start of your next turn. The giggling creature is incapacitated and uses all its movement in a random direction. And four, drops of molasses appear and hover in the cube, turning it into a difficult terrain until the start of your next turn. Those are mischievous. Yes, I especially like the giggling one. I did too. I yeah, you have to uh um you have to say, Hey, guess what, what Drizzit's sword's name is? Twinkle. And that's that's how you get the giggling. <laughs> um I would expand on that so quick. There yeah. Yeah, there, I would there uh, would be at least thirty. Thirty. Yeah. Yep. And we know why. Yes. Um, let's talk about Raul Othim's psychic lance. Raul Othim's? Yeah, I think it's Raul, right? Raul Othim? That's how you spell Raul. Probably not. I just think it is. I don't know. Um, but anyway, (laughs) Raul's got a psychic lance. And I'm sure its name is not Twinkle. You unleash a shimmering lance of psychic power from your forehead, like a badass unicorn, (laughs) at a creature that you can see within range. Alternatively, you can utter the creature's name. Take that, Bill. (laughs) If the name target is within range, it gains no benefit from cover or invisibility as the lance homes in on it. If the named target isn't within range, the lance dissipates and the spell slot is not expended. Um, that must be embarrassing. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Oops, forgot my glasses. Yeah, it's, it's like psychic ED. I'm nearsighted. Kind of. Um, the target must succeed on an intelligence saving throw or take 10d6 psychic damage. Holy mackerel. Oh, gee, that's not overpowered. And be incapacitated until the start of your next turn. And incapacitated. That's a fourth level spell. At higher levels, when you cast this spell using a spell slot of fifth level or higher, the damage increases by 1d6 for each slot level above fourth. Sure, why not? (laughs) Pile it on. Pile it on. Everyone else is getting 2d8. Oh, 10d6. Why? Because it's psionics. That's a psychic lance. I mean, it bores right into your your. Here, let me check and see if there's a save associated with that. Oh no, there's not. So that little increase way back here just went to shit. Baby steps. Ah, baby steps. Yeah, baby step forward and six giant leaps backwards. How about telling us about summon I think draconic it's a saving spheres. throw, Bill? Does it? Yeah. Intelligence. I guess it's intelligence. Oh, yep, you're right. Intelligence saving throw. I think yeah. you the, owe this the, the dump population stat. the dump stat. Well, apology. Well, it wouldn't be because well, maybe for a lot of characters, yeah, because yeah, never mind. You're right. Dump stat. Well, um, any uh young adventurers out there stay in school. Don't make intelligence your dump stat because someone will come along with their psychic lance and blast your mind. And you'll have no defense. Yes. And that's our public service. But you can throw your 3D8, you know, spell back at them and, you know, scratch their face. I'm a lion. No, you're a lion. (laughs) 
Summon Draconic Spirit. Fifth level. Um, you need an art object from a dragon's hoard worth at least 500 gold. This stuff seems risky. It does. It's like, I don't want to <laughs> cast this spell. I got to go find a dragon, which is which is just a bad idea. And then I have to steal an art object from the dragon's hoard, like a painting. I got to carry a painting around. That's worth 500 gold. Why don't I just yeah. sell it and retire? Yeah, or... It'd be more comfortable. Yeah, yeah. buy a tavern. Yeah. And I could hang my sword over, like, the bar or something. Um, it's It's... It's expensive. Yeah, it seems like a big pain in the ass. And that I mean, it, it doesn't seem as hard as getting a Platinum Dragon scale, um, but it seems pretty challenging. But but then again, you don't uh, follow the Vancean magic rules, so you'd probably disregard that spell component altogether, wouldn't you? There you go. Stop bitching. Uh, you call forth a draconic spirit and manifest in an unoccupied space that you can see within range. This corporeal form uses a draconic spirit stat block. When you cast a spell, choose a family of dragon, chromatic, gem, or metallic. The creature resembles a dragon of that chosen family, which determines certain traits in its stat block. The creature disappears when it drops to zero hit points or when the spell ends. The creature is an ally to you and your companions. In combat, the creature shares your initiative count, but it takes its turn immediately after yours. It obeys your verbal commands, no action required by you. If you don't issue any, it takes a dodge action and uses its move to avoid danger. At higher levels, when you cast a spell using a spell slot of 6th level or higher, use the higher level whenever the spell levels appear in the stat block. That's almost confusing. So, your dragon spirit. Um, wow. It's a large dragon. Armor class 14, plus the level of the spell. Natural armor. Hit points 50 plus 10 for each spell level above 5th. Uh, speed is 30 feet. Fly 80. Swim 30. 19 strength. 14 dex. 17 con. 10 intelligence. Dump stat. 14 wisdom and 14 charisma. So, good stats. Uh, it has damage resistance. Uh, chromatic and metallic only. Damage resistance for gem only is force, necrotic, psychic, radiant, thunder. For the chromatic and metallic, it's acid, cold, fire, lightning, poison. Uh, condition immunities or charm, frightened and poisoned. Senses, blind sight, 30 feet. Dark vision, 60. Passive perception, 12. Uh, draconic understands the languages you speak. And proficiency bonus equals your bonus. So... And shared resistance. When you summon the dragon, choose one of its damage resistances. You have resistance to the chosen damage spell until the spell ends. That's actually probably one of the best features of that. It also has multi-attack, bite and claw, and the breath weapon. So, which is only 2d6 damage. That's actually a pretty formidable for a 5th level spell. Yeah, it, it, it is. Uh, it's not like a lot of people are going to be tossing it around. Um, because of its, you know, the necessary components, but, um, yeah, not bad, not a bad little, little spell list. Um, so what do you think? Would you allow this at your table? Yeah, Lou, would you allow this at your table? The spell or these spells? The entire packet of draconic options. 
that all really depended on what my campaign is. You know, it, it really, it really would. Um, and where, and where we're at. So maybe I like, I like, I like these, these options, you know, the folk of the Feywild, the draconic options. I like, I like that the unearthed arcana is doing a lot of this, a lot of this, this stuff that I think was absent really from the draconic up, you know, class or race upgrades. Yes, I would, but you know, everything else, I, 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 I don't know, but if this is, this is a nice buff to, the Dragonborn and the Cobalt. So yeah. those I would. Yeah. The spells and everything else, I'm not sure. Yeah, it would have to fit. I think as a package, I like the whole thing. Um, which is, well, I like about 90% of it. I was going to say there's some psionic things in there that you probably don't <laughs> like. I like about 90% of it. Uh, as a whole package, it's pretty cool. I like the idea that they're giving the Dragonborn a good nod. It's well-balanced, which we've seen some pretty unbalanced stuff. Yep. And when you've gone across all the different feats and, and sub abilities and things like that, sometimes they're a little offsetting, but this one here is well balanced. I think each of the dragon types gets a pretty good package and makes them formidable in their own right. Even standing up against some of the others. I think it adds more depth to the Dragonborn. Very much. Uh, you know, they're new. I won't say new, but they're, realigned abilities and their their skills and just their um resistances and everything actually it, it gives them more uh, a fitting description instead of just being that same dragonborn that everybody else is right and the only difference was you know color and there was a couple small resistance changes a couple but... and your spells you know their your breath weapons were pretty much all the same yeah i mean they are here too in a way but they separated between chromatic and metallic mm-hmm. so well, yeah, the damage effects. Yep. Which, depending on how you play, it could be huge. Yeah, and these breath weapons, I think, scale nicely. I actually think some of them scale better than most cantrips. I really like the cobalt. Mm-hmm. I, do too. I, really, I think really that's like probably my favorite it part is. of this whole package yep. is the cobalt. And that's our look at the Unearth Arcana Draconic Options. See you next week in the dojo. That's going to conclude this episode. Thanks for tuning in and listening. Please subscribe to the podcast for more great content. If you'd like to hear a particular topic, you can reach us out on Facebook at the Dungeon Masters Dojo, or you can drop us an email at the Dungeon Masters Dojo at gmail.com. Thank you, and have a good day.